When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of Horror Movie Night. Just a quick reminder to go check out our Patreon at patreon.com backslash hmnpodcast if you'd like to donate some money to help the cause so we can continue to hit up conventions and all that good stuff. I will be at San Diego Comic Con in July, so you can come uh, and swing by and say hi to me if you're on the West Coast, but that's just going to be me, uh, not Scott and Adam. And now let's talk about a really shitty video game-inspired horror movie. When your FX house can't do anything above a PlayStation 2-level graphic, do not despair. You can just write that bullshit into your shitty script. Exhibit A, stay alive. So grab your Alienware laptop, (laughs) drive out to the middle of nowhere, and try to play an online co-op multiplayer game from the back of a van with 2006's Stay Alive with us on Horror Movie Night. Uh, Yeah, this movie is really fucking bad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This this was uh, recommended to us by... um, Oh, this is great. This was recommended to us by a listener named Liz, who is not the Liz that's on this call. No, I am not responsible for this. <laughs> uh, and we will introduce you in just a second, but I do want to read the email that we received from the Liz who put us through this so we can get that out of the way. Uh, she said, hi, guys. I just want to email you and say that I'm a big fan of the podcast. First time I listened was episode 33, People Under the Stairs, and I immediately started at episode one and worked my way up. You've exposed me to horror movies that I would have never found or watched on my own. Not sure if that's a good thing. When I was younger, my sisters and I would play a game in the video store where we'd make up a synopsis for movies we'd never seen based solely on the art cover. My favorites were always from the horror section, most notably Return uh, Return to Horror High with a cheerleading skeleton and Ghost Ship with a 3D holographic cover. There was another one where a woman was being shoved into a wood chipper slash meat grinder contraption by some creepy dude, but I can't remember for the life of me what that movie was called. Anyway, a fond moment that I have in horror is in 2000. 
2006 was Stay Alive. I was at a sleepover and I convinced my fellow 15-year-old friends that it would be a perfect movie for us to rent for the night. We screamed, we laughed, we barely slept. But what else is a bunch of girls supposed to do at a sleepover besides get murdered? It boasts a whopping 9% on Rotten Tomatoes and has a seriously star-studded cast, including, but not limited to, Frankie Muniz and that guy from Westworld. I've not <laughs> seen it since, and I'm sure it's terrible, but it may be worth a watch. Thanks for all you guys do, your loyal listener, Liz. Liz, it's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. It's not, Liz, Liz picks movies like how I pick movies, where it's like, I think I vaguely remember watching this when I was 14. <laughs> uh, so we are joined... By a guest uh, on the phone is Liz Finnegan, who works for Escapist. Uh, so it seemed like it was the perfect time to have a person in the video game industry be on our podcast because she'll know a lot more about this video game bullshit than I will. Um, <laughs> this movie's really bad. Like the opening credit, I'm not sure if you saw this. This is from a production company called Stay Alive Productions, which usually right. hints that they are. The, this is the only movie they've ever made. <laughs> like, yeah, that will definitely let you know what you're uh, what you're getting into. I think that nine percent was overly generous, to be completely honest. <laughs> um, so there's two versions of this movie. There was a PG-13 version, which I saw in theaters when it came out, which is 88 minutes long, and then there is an unrated version that is an hour and 40 minutes long that includes a character that was completely cut out of the movie when it had its theatric release. And I watched the unrated version this time. Uh, it is slightly better. And I stress slightly. I think uh, Entertainment Weekly gave the theatric release a D minus, but the unrated DVD a C minus. So it gets like a one one star bump in the critic's mind when you see the unrated version. But it, yeah, but the qual it, it being better quality is not worth an extra 20 minutes as far as <laughs> Yeah. So so the movie starts off with you're just watching a guy do like a, a gameplay and he gets hung from a chandelier in the game and then he walks in on his buddy who's like having sex with a pig mask on and they just yeah. have a casual conversation while the sex never actually ends. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's Farmer Vincent. <laughs> it is, oh it, or that guy from The Shining, that one scene in The Shining. And then and then it it turns in this weird scene where like I'm watching the movie and the character who is playing the video game, he's walking through the house and he's using a lighter. And that's it. And I'm like, why aren't you like flicking a light switch? Because we know you have power because you were just playing a video game. Or use the cell phone that you were just talking on. Like, there's got to be a thousand things better for lighting up a room and a walkway than a goddamn lighter. Like, I don't right. get the thought process behind it. I got nothing. <laughs> I cannot explain a single aspect of this movie to you and have it make any sort of sense. So I can't contribute meaningfully in that way. The um, movie has a hard time explaining itself and making any kind of goddamn sense. Yeah, you know what? I think that's my biggest complaint about it is that the movie is really really bad but it does have a couple of good concepts that if they had been fleshed out at all even a little bit it may have redeemed it slightly like ever so slightly but just enough like the deaths in it i think were actually pretty cool if you had actually been able to see any of them yeah you know if they had thrown that gore aspect into it it's like okay this will cater to an audience of somebody <laughs> yeah well and it also doesn't follow any of the rules that it establishes whatsoever like it establishes yeah. rules that you die if you die in the game then you die in real life and then like people die in the game and still survive and other people don't die in the game but mur get murdered anyway and it's like well fuck you like the, you have one simple rule and it's actually follow the rule that you created and right. they just ignore it every single time. Um, so I do have to ask Liz, because she'll probably know this better than anybody, the sequence in which the main character Hutch is talking to his boss Miller. Is that silent f 
Silent Hill for advice actually accurate, or is that just a, a dude? I'm not going to say that. Are you kidding me? That's like the cardinal rule of, <laughs> of working in video games is you don't give anything away. I will neither confirm nor deny whether or not anything is accurate relating to a real video game. Come on. I, I wanted to make fun of that conversation they were having, and then I realized that I, I've been playing Dark Souls 2 lately, and me and my buddy just get together and have that exact conversation like twice a week. <laughs> That's so, different, though. That's Dark Souls. You have to have that conversation. Yeah, I don't have a choice. I can't do it myself. <laughs> no, no. no I'll, I'll never forget. There was There was one time where I was able to get like a non-gamer to play Dark Souls 3. And I was like, oh, no, it's not really that bad. Just sit down and play it, and it's fine. Like, I gave him no warning whatsoever, and it was just – it was the greatest moment. <laughs> the the coworkers, like, assisting each other on video game stuff is so actually accurate that it's, like, kind of interesting to me. Because I know at my work, I'm not a gamer, but, like, I've literally heard guys make plans where they are having such – I think, Adam, you just said Dark Souls, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the same game where, where at my work, like one dude was like so insistent that he couldn't beat the game that he made plans for my boss at work to Skype with him for the entire session and tell him like, oh, no, see, you got to turn in this room. Don't go in that room. That's a bad idea. Don't do that. Do this. This is the weapon you need to use. And it was like, as I'm watching this scene, I'm like, oh, my God, this is real. That's like a thing that actually happens. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's a very Dark Souls type of conversation, too. But. Yeah, specifically with that game, because that game is an asshole. Like, there's no pause <laughs> function or anything. So you can't even, like, hop back and forth between the game and Wikipedia or something because you can't pause. It's like you want someone there to coach you through it so that, like, it's such a dick. <laughs> and Adam Goldberg just cannot wait to get out of this movie. Like, he can't get out of this movie any faster. <laughs> He's like, why is he even in this movie? Like, what did he owe somebody? <laughs> Well, you know what? It's one of those things where in order to maintain any short, sort of like medical insurance, you have to do a certain number of projects per year. And this was probably like a really very easy one. So it's like get in there and be like, all right, fine. So this scene, <laughs> I didn't realize that was a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah that's a thing. Yeah. This scene was uh, immediately interrupted by our main character, Hutch, getting a phone call to go to his friend Loomis's funeral. Uh, and that's where he meets Abigail, who uh, this is a line of dialogue she has in the movie. She says, hi, I'm a unique individual and I'm going to take your picture without your consent. Hi, let's be friends. Here's my phone number. Um, hey, here's, here's, here's a line of dialogue that should have been in the movie. Uh, why are you taking pictures close up of my chin with your turn of the century camera? <laughs> okay, Adam, I, ha- I have a note about that. She's She's carrying around a fucking land camera it's like kodak land camera from the 60s um i don't think like my wife collects vintage cameras i'm pretty sure they don't i mean even in 2005 when this movie was uh new or probably at least being filmed like is it 2005 or 2006 movie Uh, 2006 oh my god so they don't make that that film so it's not like she could be like here this is and and i feel like they used it like a kodak i mean like a polaroid rather like um where she like I think it was. I think it was a Polaroid camera, and she but pulled the, out the, the picture. The one thing that I noticed is, like, every time she took a picture, she would, like, pull the picture out and then just toss it to the side. Like, she never actually did anything with the picture. She didn't seem to keep them. She was just randomly snapping shit and then tossing shit behind her. So, man, the, the that girl is so annoying. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it's crazy that, that Abigail, her name's Abigail, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's the only normally named person in the film. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I was about to say. 
The other girl who is super annoying as well, her name's fucking October. Yeah, October. <laughs> like this. October, okay. Hutch, Phineas, and Swerk, I think is. Switch. 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 That's so, Frankie Munoz. Loomis. <laughs> let, me, so, let me simplify this for you guys. Goth girl, McPoyle <laughs> brother, Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> So, so that leads. I do have one quick note, which is that the little sister is like one of the worst actresses I've ever seen for her like two lines. Like your brother just died. She's just like here. Here's some video games are too violent for me. Take them. It's whatever. You know. Like, yeah, her. She actually prepared herself for the funeral and was like, ah, oh, I should bring this knapsack of video games. This is this is an appropriate way for me to behave. This is an appropriate way for me to grieve. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me know. I, I I know everyone grieves in their own ways but I feel like that's not a thing. Uh, I don't so, know. Maybe you're the asshole for even <laughs> suggesting that it's not a thing. Maybe. So, I mean, it's been suggested, so. So so this is where we meet Phineas, uh, who is easily the best character in the movie and single-handedly saves the film until he's hit by a carriage. Um, <laughs> he, All I know him from is... Um, loser? He's, yes, he's the jerk and loser. <laughs> of course, Matt's like, don't let me... Fin- don't let... Me let you finish that sentence. Let me chime in. My with favorite. My favorite. Movie. <laughs> um, and so I don't remember what his character said in the theatric version because every single line of dialogue that comes out of his mouth is why this movie's unrated. Um, <laughs> like, include- it's so inappropriate. It's beyond swear words. He like calls people fags and and. Well, it's, he, it's really inappropriate. He compares beta testing to eating a beef because it's exciting at first and then becomes monotonous. Like, this is the line of dialogues that were written for this actor. But you know what, wow. though? I feel like that was the most relatable thing that anybody said in the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you have done any sort of beta testing for anything, it is absolutely... Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, then he dies and I'm like, well... There's still an hour of this movie to go, and it's well, it's lost the, a, the only have momentum. A long gap to bridge between now and when he dies. Oh um, yeah, I, but nothing I want to, happens, so we can just well, skip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got I've got notes at least. So in in the span of about thirty seconds here, they're gonna set up they're gonna set up like a little gaming get together to comm- commemorate his friend that died. Right. So uh, the goth girl pulls out a gigantic Alienware laptop. Um, McPoyle has a massive ball of cords, like 700 feet of cording. It looks like when you forget your your Christmas lights downstairs and they all fucking congeal into the ball. Right? And that is the most unrealistic part because no gamer would show up with messy cords like that. Let yeah. me just get that out there. It's like he brought it over to get help untangling it. And then Malcolm in the middle is wearing a gigantic set of headphones with a huge Huge microphone that pulls around to the front as well. Right. Um, and then hipster camera think- girl snaps in another picture. Yeah, but <laughs> before we go on, Frankie Munoz's costume is obscene. He has like one of those poker guy hats on, you know, like the visors, the green visors, but it's upside down and on the back of his head. He looks right. like the main character from the Pretty Fly for a White Guy video is literally <laughs> how he's dressed. Uh, the unrated yeah. version has a really unnecessary extra scene where Abigail needs toilet paper. And it's two minutes right. of nothing. Like, it's yeah. absolutely worthless to anything in this movie. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so, so show of hands, verbal show of hands. Um, who here watched the unrated version i did i did adam i i watched theatrical 
Okay. I don't even know which one I watched because I saw it in theaters and then I watched it again, you know, like 12 years later or 11 years later for this uh, episode. And I, I didn't remember enough from the first time to know how long it was. Uh, <laughs> oh, I so. looked up a list because when, <laughs> when you see that something has 15 to 20 extra minutes added to the unrated version, I want to know what was added in there. <laughs> Well, I, I, I had seen that there was, like, a discrepancy between the times for the two. So, obviously, I went for the one with more time because I thought this is going to be much bloodier. This is going to be really gory. That's what they obviously removed in order to be able to get that that, that better rating. And it's like, that wasn't a thing. No, it was just a girl pissing. They added a yeah, girl pissing. Was, she, yeah. And they added... She, she, Abigail needed toilet paper for, for peeing. It's not for pooping. Yeah, she's, like, just sitting on the toilet and she's like... Oh, I need some toilet paper. And then there's like this weird conversation of him like talking to her through the. Do- it's like that scene in Empire Records where it's just like a dude talking to someone while they're peeing. Um, right. But then there's also weird. there's like a full. So the guys who didn't watch the unrated version, you missed a really unnecessary point where they visit the guy who designed the game, and then that leads to them meeting the woman who wrote the book on the Countress, and she explains the whole history of the Countress to them, and it's the Countress, Matt, whatever, Countess. Countess, whatever. <laughs> this is not new information. I can't say words. Um, and yet you're the podcast host. I, well, because I'm the likable one. <laughs> uh, oh, is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You haven't met Adam or I in real life, but yes. <laughs> um, so I, I so, think I might be the only one who listens to the podcast, The Adventure Zone. Um, but I'm sure that people who listen to this podcast have listened to it because it's a pretty popular show. Uh, Frankie Muniz is 100% playing Angus, the boy detective from the Adventure Zone throughout this movie. Uh, so that's for the listeners because that's not for anybody on this call. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry that the McElroys are really popular in podcasting and I like them. Uh, so we meet the asshole sure. cops around this point. Well, wait, wait, wait. It, it's the the video game turns out that you have to have you have to have a microphone to play it as if it's fucking Hey You Pikachu or something. And... <laughs> yeah, that, that was my first thought when they were like, "Oh, this is next gen stuff," and it's like, "No, it's not. That was N sixty four. What the hell are you even talking?" <laughs> yeah, about? That's what I'm saying. It's like, there's nothing next gen about this upside down visor, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> They, they repeat the prayer that's on the thing, and then oh, in the back of the apartment, in the back like background of the apartment, you see, I, I think it's the Predator move through the background. <laughs> He's got his, his camouflage mode on, and then and then it like uh, just stupid, stupid shit. It repeats a bunch of dumb shit. So they all start playing the game, and they've got the boss man on on like call on like a Discord call with them. And uh, so is he's playing it on a single screen by himself online miles away. Are they all playing five player couch co-op on one screen? And how are they doing that? <laughs> yeah, especially since like if, it keeps flashing and they've got, it goes between like a third person and a first person perspective. And it's like, how are you controlling your character? Yeah. Also, uh, <laughs> like if you, you can't watch see your character on the screen, <laughs> if you watch the version that Liz and I watched, he's bumping lines of coke between the game as well. Uh which is just another yes. like three seconds that had to be added to the unrated version for whatever reason. But see, no, no, no they cut that so that they get a PG thirteen uh, rating, right? Because yeah. like, no drug use is closer to a PG thirteen. Man, I definitely didn't watch the unrated version. I, I, and and you know, I'm okay with that. You should be because you didn't miss anything plot wise. Um, so yeah, the boss gets stabbed. He finds like a secret room, and now they're all in different areas of the building and uh and then 
he just like it's such a lackluster ending. Like it's it's a PG thirteen ending where it's like it, it reminds me of the Nightmare on Elm Street remake where it's like you're in a dream world. You have unlimited possibilities on how you can kill someone in a dream world, and the whole movie Freddy just stabs everyone with his glove. It's like you're in a video <laughs> game. There's thousands of ways that you can do like unique and different deaths, and he just like gets a, a knife in the throat, and it's like okay, well I guess that's that's that then. And- I have. <clears throat> I, I agree with you, Matt, but I have to say one thing about um, about Freddy killing people in dreams. Um, so, you know, we talk about Freddy a lot on the podcast, and I guess from my point of view, I like that Freddy still uses his glove. Well, I'm talking about the remake. Um, the The remake movie, oh, there, yeah, well, there was nothing that, but glove. <laughs> yeah, I, I we we don't talk about that film. Um, that <laughs> that's like the exist. Godzilla 98 of Freddy's. Uh, yeah, well, you're not really that far off um, in, that, in that analogy. Uh, just a little bit more Matthew Broderick in, in one of those. Um, but we're not really in a dream world with this game, but the, you're right that the internal logic is garbage because if she's... Okay, why is why is the Countess killing people? Is it because they're they're learning about her ghost or is it because she wants their blood so that she can continue to live i mean it's kind of like this weird uh, it's it's not explained enough for us to really make any sort of conjecture about it on this show but it's just very poor writing you know that they're like they could have at least done a little bit of explanation i mean this whole movie is just exposition about the countess so they could have done is if they're walking through the game and they find out that the countess like used she bathed in the blood of virgins so that she could live forever, and then they eventually find her body. I'm sorry to skip too much ahead, but, I mean, like, (laughs) spoiler alert, they find her body, and, like, why wouldn't she be collecting their blood so that she could continue to be alive? Why would she make a video game with herself as a star and then kill people who play it unless she wants to harvest their blood so that her corpse can then live again like it's just right and it honestly they could have explained that with maybe 10 extra minutes where it, you know um obviously it's based on, on a, a true situation and whatnot but you know say that you know her death was faked and she managed to survive all of these years because the thing about the countess in real life is that the the theory the working theory is that she bathed in the blood of virgins in order to attain eternal youth so that they could have absolutely, with 10 minutes of movie, been like, oh, throughout the years, she has used different mediums in order to keep herself alive and under the blah, blah, blah. And now we're oh at Oh, my God. Age. It makes total sense. Wait, listen. Okay. Who plays video games? Virgins. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, there I know he's done. going for it. He's going for the easy joke. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. Um See, joke you didn't make it <laughs> see that we just we just fixed the movie single-handedly um no, no, no we still need john hammett somehow yeah. <laughs> so uh bunk from the wire shows up yeah and and he's a detective this movie has so many great golden age tv people in it like mcpoyle is in westworld uh, adam goldberg is in fargo and bunk when this was filming was right in the middle of filming the wire which is like why did you why did you take this role man what is that about 
So, anyways, here's the exposition scene in the movie. Um, here's some info about me, a little bit about my background, and here's my biggest fear. Yeah, I have. I, I have my note says, "Let me foreshadow an expository dialogue my way into this house." Um, they also go to uh, they go to the GameStop where young Quentin Tarantino is working. I'm not sure if you guys uh, caught that because <laughs> that dude was awful, and he's the guy who takes out. He ends the movie. This movie made so much money, guys. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. I, I just checked on Wikipedia. This movie made so much money. Did it really? Did it though? I went and saw it in theaters. It was it, the budget was nine mil. It made twenty eight million dollars. Like, wow, they, is that domestic or gross? Uh, that's whatever Wikipedia does. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually they'll say where it's from, but it must be gross. But man, still, that's that's wild. Yeah, it so, made back its entire budget in its first weekend. Like, Jesus, geez. wow. Well, wow, usually the budget sad. usually the budget doesn't include like advertising, which I mean they must not have done much of because I didn't I didn't know this was an awful thing that I was uh, going to have to expose myself to until this week. So, well, how old were you? And oh, I guess I shouldn't ask a lady that. But <laughs> uh, what okay. what general? I am twenty nine. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> you would have actually been the 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 demographic because I was in college. Yes. Yeah, I was the co- I was college freshman when I saw this. And I just had graduated from college, I think, and I... I watched it, it last night. Which is playing Dark Souls, so you are the demographic, my friend. I guess so, but I'm also... Hey, don't hate on Dark Souls, praise the sun. No, my, no, my... I'm not hating on any video game, I'm just saying, like, he's he is the demographic. <laughs> I'm also of the demographic that likes good movies, so maybe this isn't meant for me. Well, that's true, but you're also one of the three podcast hosts for a movie night so you're stuck with it yeah i don't have a fucking choice um so malcolm in the middle in in about a 15 second stretch mentions g4 tv uh tech tv and he uses dogpile.com as a search engine have you (laughs) have you ever seen a movie that's aged so much in 10 years God, I used to love G4, side note. We had something in Canada called Electric Playground, so that was my shit. Did we pass the part where um, McPoyle is like, he's got his head down on the table, and they're like, oh my god, he's dead, and he just comes up, and he's like, sorry guys, I'm not dead, I was just hitting this bong. (laughs) Just just pulling, bitch. This this is exactly how a person would authentically go about hitting a bong, so. Absolutely. Also, where the hell does McPoyle live? He lives in, like, this weird red-lit warehouse that has multiple screens. and Like, what do you do for work, dude? What? what? Also, how does Finn have a job in some sort of office setting, but, like, October um, works at a coffee shop, and Abigail lives out of a van, and who knows what Frankie Munoz does. Like, I mean, not, there's not... How do they even have enough money to be like, one of us has an apartment? So our, our main character at this point is is pretty pretty steadfast in his belief that that uh, the video game is killing people. He's, he's definitely on board with that. Um, and then there is a, di- a line of dialogue where they're talking about Elizabeth Bathory. And somebody says, uh, yeah, they locked that bitch up in her tower. But the last thing that she said before she got put in there was, I'll be back. In 30 frames per second, 640p. 
But then, but then um, one of the characters, either the blonde girl or October, starts talking about how it's Elizabeth Bathory, and and she's connecting like the video game with all these real life history things. And then our main character goes, "No, you're fucking crazy. That can't be it. That can't possibly be it." And it's like, okay, you were just the one saying that it was a, a spoopy video game that was killing people. Now we're like, now we're grounding it in the real world, and all of a sudden it's too unbelievable for you. What are you talking about? <laughs> Now, all of a sudden, there's a ghost involved, and it's like, oh, no, bitch. <laughs> Flag on the play. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. It is absolutely the video game. Um, and then McPoyle gets killed by Grand Theft Auto Vice City fucking dummy physics graphics thing. He gets run over by by a horse and carriage. And and then Bunk is being very, like, suspicious of our main character. And I was like, do you think that he turned into two horses and ran a man over? Like, what do you think <laughs> happened here? Yeah. But but then he literally says that exact thing to his other officer, like, right afterwards. And I was like, okay, alright, you got me. All right. Yeah, th- but his other officer is a fucking asshole. Like, the most asshole-ish of cops in film history, possibly. And then his head gets ripped apart, yeah. so it's all good. <laughs> it's, an, it's it's implied. Like, I saw it in, in the video game first, so this is going to be it. You know, horror movies, you know, sometimes they'll be like, oh, implied death, and then all of a sudden it jumps in and it's fucking graphic as hell. Yes, this is this is going to be the one that they owe us. Nope. Um, and then October, October's like, hey, guys, guys, I've been reading ahead, and uh, it says we need to put three nails in her fireblood or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> so they're going to wander around the old house. And Malcolm is going to try, and, and he literally says he's going to stay alive in the video game, right? But then what he's doing in the video game is he's he's sort of directing them around the house, or at least directing Hutch around the house, right? Right. Um, isn't it, at this point, uh, actually more dangerous to be playing the video game than it is to for him to be in real life? At least, like, playing, playing the video game? Shouldn't he just find a corner on the map and run around in circles? So that he stays alive in the video game. Well, well, this is when the movie turns into like a Bill and Ted movie where he's like, like, all right, well, what we got to do is go back in time and leave a crowbar here so we can get into the door. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so dumb. No, I think my most, fr- the most frustrating part about that is that he couldn't see them even though they were in the house. And it's like they had already established with fucking October earlier that like, oh, we see her in the game and she's actually standing outside in the exact location so we can identify where she is in relation to the video game. And it's like, I feel like he should have been able to actually see their characters in there. Yeah, that would have been way And then he would have, like, done, there would have been, like, a little X propped and he would have handed the guy a crowbar or something. Right. Yeah. Also, I like prob- that better. Probably the most frustrating part is that Frankie Munez in the game runs around with the camera facing frontwards towards him the whole time, so he can't <laughs> see where the fuck he's going in the video game. <laughs> Well, I, I, we already established that the camera angles are really weird, and it will go between third person and first person, and I don't know if he would be able to actually change the camera angle. So Maybe that's why defense. he can't stay alive. Maybe it's that the game is like, you can't see what's coming because we're going to change the camera angle on you. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. I mean, I'm really grasping at straws here because this movie is complete garbage, and I can't believe that somebody, that a company gave a group of people $9 million to make this dribble. But it brings me to a question that I've been wanting to ask everybody. Do you think that 80s movies, horror movies, were this cringy when they came out too? And then, like, when we watch them and discuss them on the podcast, like... We have nostalgia glasses on? (laughs) Yeah, like, I I just, I don't know. Like, I, I... 2005, 2006 was not a good time for horror. Everything was, like, super dark, uh, like, visually. They they would put these weird um, 
like tints, like blue tint on everything. Like this whole movie is about four shades too dark because they're like, it's like the middle of the day and they're standing outside of like uh, Finn's old house and it looks like 730 in the night, you know, like yeah. it's in well, the they evening. actually they kind of slightly explain that a little bit <laughs> where it's like. Cut? I guess um, where it's like, oh, she only comes at night and they'll be walking around in like pure daylight. And then all of a sudden it'll get dark for a death and then daylight will come back suddenly. Like it breaks all the rules. Like she only comes at night and she can also make night happen. So (laughs) 90 percent of this movie took took place at like high noon when the when the sun was like cool. Yeah, it was so strange. Yes, it's like the town that dreaded sundown, the original where they're, they're supposed to be in the middle of the night and they're driving around in that, in like a car or something like that. And it's very obviously the middle of the day that they shot that and just put a filter on it. Yeah. I mean, I just, I really do wonder if, I mean, I remember when I first saw it, I was super underwhelmed and, and I left the movie theater thinking like, well, that was a waste of 10 bucks or however much it cost. But I wonder if we were able to go back in time and see, I don't know. Freddy's dead. Like we just talked about Freddy's dead live. So, I mean, Freddy's dead. Remember Matt, we were at the con and we saw that guy and he was like, yeah, I was when I went and saw it in theaters. Well, he said, because we asked if the 3d was any good even back then. He's like, Nope, it was still shit. He's like, it's still garbage now, but it was really garbage in the theater as well. I'm like, all right, well, like that's good to know. Cause sometimes you want to see those 3d movies in theaters just to see if it's like better, like Jaws 3d or Amityville horror 3d. But you kind of know that's not going to make the movie better. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, those are two bad examples there. I'd also see Friday the 13th 3D and 3D if the option was there. But uh, I, I think that, I just think that there's a, this movie, there's no redeeming it. It's a bad movie. This isn't something that like 20 years later people are going to look back on as like, wow, this was actually a misunderstood great film. Like there's plenty of Yeah, no, this is not going, a cult classic, this is not. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. This, this isn't. There's, there's like literally one person I know who genuinely likes this movie. Let me run us up to the end of this movie so we can stop talking about it. Please. <laughs> okay. Um, so, whatever, they're in the house, they're running around. If, if Elizabeth Bathory can close the door of a van and throw shit around, why can she not just close the laptop? <laughs> huh. <laughs> Good idea. Just a thought. Anyways, so they get up, they get up to the tower... And uh, and whatever they're throwing roses around and all this garbage, and then he lights a fire to to kill the the countess, and uh, he keeps having these flashbacks of when his dad like tried to burn the house down or whatever, and his mom died in this event. But every time it flashes back, he seems like he's way more concerned that his NES got melted yeah. than anything. Else. <laughs> well, that was a great console. Yeah, it, that yeah, is absolutely. the primary focus in all Hold of those flashbacks. Hold on a flashbacks. second here. Let's let's not get carried away. <laughs> That was the most believable part. For the first time in this entire call, I have to agree with you, Liz. (laughs) So, whatever, an advertisement for Alienware laptops saves the day, and that's the end of the fucking movie. Uh, We have to talk for a second about how Elizabeth Bathory's body then becomes animated within the fire, and then she's got the stretchy ghost face. You know, oh, that was yeah, yeah. She's right. doing the like uh, the uh, like jaw wide open, crazy yeah, stretchy thing. She's yeah. straight out of an Apex Twin video. Suddenly, like it's <laughs> ridiculous. I think this might have been the first time I saw 
the stretchy face in a real movie instead of just like a you know when you were in college and kids would send or like other, your friends would send you through instant messenger like um those flash videos that were like stare at this and you'll see a puzzle and then it's like it'll be somebody's face and then it'll go ah yeah you know with like it's like that. I had seen that so many times in college where the, the stretchy face happens that when this – I mean I was not enjoying myself watching this movie in a the theater. But when it when you saw her do that, I was like, I'm so glad this movie's almost over because this is so dumb. This movie <laughs> was so dumb in 2006 that it's even worse 11 years later. I just can't get over how annoyingly bad this movie is. It's not like it's, – it's like – kind of head-scratchingly bad, but more than anything, it just annoys me. It's like pissing me off that this movie was made. <laughs> it's insulting. It's insulting <laughs> yes. that this movie existed. That's what the problem is. And it even has the it's over, isn't or isn't trope at the end where, like, she's not dead and somehow the Stay Alive game got a, a major release. But that also doesn't make any sense because if she's killing people... Okay, let's just think about it. So she's not killing people to take virgin blood to live forever. That's that's just not part of the concept here. Um, so we have to believe that she's killing people that come after her story, right? That they, they're trying to, that, that they unearth her, more right. or less. Right, so we have, obviously the solution to that is to mass produce it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's going to be so busy killing anybody that she's not going to be able to, I mean, she's going to be going after like literally tens of thousands of teenage boys that she's not going to be able to kill anybody with any sort of, like, frequency. So I well, guess that's not really a gotcha moment at the end of this movie. Honestly, I think the biggest question that I have actually came at the very end where they showed that it was, like, the front cover story for Game Informer. Now, I, I have friends that work at Game Informer. I'm, I know the digital editor, and I know what, like, cover story means. And that means you're going to have, like, 20 pages worth of content and interviews and stuff. And it's like, what is in there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what is in this game informer about this game that uh, apparently just like showed up. Well, and it's like, I, that, yeah, that's like, so say, unbelievable to me. Like, and flip side of that is like someone had to have reviewed it for it to get like a cover story. So, like, where how so do they, they even write it, a review? Like, he, they, he is just literally the best survival horror player ever because he obviously didn't die. I mean, yeah. well, he stayed alive. Scott, Scott talks about a gotcha moment, and and my my thought was at the end of the movie, like, oh, they killed Elizabeth Bathory, they they whatever cured the curse or whatever. So really, the end of this movie, the gotcha is just we released a shitty video game. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a normal game now of pretty crappy quality, and that's all it is. You know what though? I think I, honestly, I think the quality of the video game in the movie was better than the quality of the movie itself. So I, I that actually one out there. did have a note early on that I was like, you know, this movie's crap. But um, I, I probably in two thousand five or two thousand six, I, I would have tried to play a game that was like this. Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that was right after. I feel like watching that reminds me of playing Resident Evil Four on GameCube. That was Resident Evil Four, right? Mm-hmm. Or was that five? Resident Evil 5 didn't happen. Okay, so it is Resident Evil 4. <laughs> uh, it shows you how much of a modern gamer I am. I, I mostly just play Nintendo, uh, legitimately play Nintendo games. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, like the, the graphics in the game were pretty solid for like a Resident Evil 4 era. I mean, I think that move, that game came out in 2003 or 2004, but it I was, mean... It was uh, 4... 2004? Hold on. I I, I, there's so many Resident Evils. I think it was 4. Yeah. 
I've played all the games that they tried to release for the Evil Dead and Army of Darkness franchise, and honestly, Stay Alive looks way fucking better. <laughs> To entertain you, we'll sing your songs. Hey there, are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Um, all right, so what did you guys watch this week, or play this week, or listen to this week? Um, I'll, I'll go first, because last night, uh, Adult Swim, as an April Fool's prank, released the first episode of Rick and Morty, season three. Nice. Uh, I saw the internet they, blow up on that. Yeah, they streamed it from, I think, 9 p.m. till midnight. Uh, they just repeated the episode over and over and over again. Um I had to go through three or four Reddit threads before I realized that this was not them fucking around and that they actually released the first episode of season three last night. Um, So I watched it and it was really good. We won't get any more Rick and Morty for probably another four months. (laughs) They said this summer, right? (laughs) They they did. They said this summer. So three, four, five months max, I guess. But I don't trust Dan Harmon and Justin Rowland. It could be fucking longer as far as we know. Uh, so I actually haven't gotten a chance to watch too much, so I just wanted to give a uh, you should listen to shout out to a podcast. Uh, first off, I'm sure you're already listening to it, but check out Adventure Zone. Um, but also, uh, there's a new podcast that I found called Adam Sandler, Please Stop, in which two comedians watch every ad- watch every Adam Sandler movie uh, in order of release and decide where the point is where he should stop. Um, they've gotten to little Nicky and they're already pretty sure that this is around the point where he should have stopped. Uh, but there's still like at least 30 more episodes to go. So I'm excited to follow them on that journey. So when they get to a point where they, um, <clears throat> where they, they have gone through all the Adam Stanley movies, do you think that they're going to switch over to Kevin Smith? No, they said they're going to do, uh, they've already addressed this. They're going to do Rob Schneider, please stop. And uh, I forgot who the other one was, but it, uh, oh, oh, Kevin James, please stop. Uh, just working throughout the entire Happy Madison crew. Those um, both fall under Adam Sandler, please stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I should stress it's only starring roles. So if he has like a bit, like they don't do like Dirty Work or Deuce Bigelow just because he appears for like half a second in those movies. Um, all right, Lizard, Lizard Scott. Well, I haven't really been watching anything because um, I'm, I'm more of a gamer, but I've been playing a lot of Gr- uh, Grim Dawn. Very Diablo-style RPG. It came out February of last year. I think it is very addictive, very good, very highly recommended. And it has multiplayer. All right, and Scott? Ha- um, ha- oh, before, before I talk about my movie, I wanted to ask um, if you have any, um, any comments on that new Friday the 13th movie, uh, video game that's coming out. Have you, I, have you looked at that at all? I have kind of looked at it. I know that it was delayed because they wanted to add some new features. I haven't had a chance to try out the demo, but I have a couple of conventions coming up. I do believe they're going to be there, so I can't really say one way or the other yet. Okay, all right, that's fine. I just, I mean, I, I don't, as I said, I don't play a whole lot of modern video games because um, 
they take a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, they um, really do. <laughs> they're, they're really time intensive. Nintendo games are really fun because you can sit down and like maybe in an hour I could beat Captain Skyhawk, which is one of my all-time favorite Nintendo games. So okay. that that works better for me for like my lifestyle. Is <laughs> like I can't really do like eighty hours in a video game. I can. Well, do I mean, I think you're hour. overgeneralizing now because you're just saying Nintendo, but they just released Breath of the Wild, which is it has hundreds of hours worth of potential content if you oh, want to go into. When it, I say so. Nintendo, I mean in. NES. I'm you, about, you mean like Nintendo before? Yeah. I'm talking 1992 era pinnacle of video home console gaming. That said, um, I watched a great movie, and I think by the time this podcast is out, um, there will be some music that I want to mention. So I'll do both of those real quick. So I watched la- uh, two nights ago. I watched The Devil's Candy, um, which is a great film from 2016. Uh, it's about a uh, metalhead painter dad who's best friends with his teenage daughter and then they buy a house and um it seems like the devil is possessing people to to kill so i mean i don't want to give anything away but uh it's a really really good movie very i mean it, it was it felt pretty intense for me um it i thought that it was great it's got good reviews and um people on the the the, the horror movie night page were talking about it so um, that was actually what pushed me over to watch that. So um, next on my list, as Matt was talking about on the page as well, is the autopsy of Jane Doe. So Matt, you and I should probably coordinate so that we can not spoil it for each other. Um, but also, the last thing I wanted to say was, um, as I've said, I love NES games, and I have a Nintendo pro- a Nintendo Metal project where I cover Nintendo game music called Console Crash, um, and I have a... Uh, an album that I'm working on right now, and I'm releasing it as four EPs. Um, and it's called Power Up, and it's going to be the score for a fake Nintendo game that never was made. So uh, I think that the first EP will be out by the time this episode goes live. So there's my plug for it. All right. Uh, and Liz, real quick, thank you for doing the episode. Uh, do you want to do a quick plug for Escapist as well, since you were kind enough to come and join us on this shitty, shitty movie? <laughs> Oh, I didn't come to do plugs. It's good. <laughs> okay. I'm at the Escapist, and there's more than just Yahtzee there. So, <laughs> <laughs> is that your official tagline? Because if it's not, it should be. <laughs> the Escapist is more than Yahtzee. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, if you're if if you're not like rebranding by the time you get off this podcast, <laughs> I'm gonna be really disappointed. <laughs> On it, changing my business card now. <laughs> That was Stay Alive from 2006. Don't forget that you can send us movie suggestions at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. This movie was suggested by a listener. Liz, uh, we're, we're, we're really reconsidering how we feel about you as a, as a listener for this one. But we were joined by Liz Finnegan of Escapist, and we are having a blast doing this podcast. We are so close to episode 100 that it's almost terrifying. Uh, I'm working hard on our best of year two episode as we speak and uh there is some really great moments from our past that i completely forgot about so i'm excited to remind you guys about it and there's a bunch of places where you can listen to us and catch all those episodes when they drop and uh scott or adam you tell me where they can do that yeah you can definitely find us on twitter at hmn podcast you can find matt at saint mort scott at fack and duke and me at life is sublime liz you got a twitter at the gingerarchy you you can also find our website www.hmnpodcast.com i'm hoping by the time that this goes up that something is actually happening there 
we should Who have, fucking knows? I would like to get the. I would make the promise. I'll, we're talking to Stephen this week, but because uh, Stephen's going to be working on the website for us. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, I would love for the episode, uh, the website, to be up in time for episode 100. I think that that's like a fair enough goal that we celebrate episode 100 with a website. Perfect, Scotty. Where else can they find our shit? You can listen to all of our episodes on SoundCloud.com backslash Horror Movie Night, as well as on your favorite podcasting app or iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe that way so that every Friday night, as soon as Matt uh, has the time to post a new episode, it'll go up. Thanks for listening, guys. You're the consummate professional, and I'm over here fucking amateur hour. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a total professional sitting here in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with a Vincent Price bobblehead. That is me, the, the epitome of professionalism. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.